Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm R. Purcell. Each week we discuss filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. And this week we're joined by actress of stage and screen, Karina <laughs> Wolf. Hi. <laughs> You've done stage, right? A, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, oh, see? Nice. It just sounds so cool to say stage I, and I know, screen. I know, I kind of just wish you followed me around everywhere and introduced me like that. So, <laughs> so grand. Actress of stage and screen, Karina <laughs> Wolf, now entering the room. <laughs> Hey, I have a really weird question before we even get into like introductions and stuff. Okay. Sure. Do you prefer to be called an actress or an actor? I don't really care. Um, it is so funny. Like I definitely went through a period where I said I'm an actor, and then a couple people are like, "Well, why?" And it almost it almost <laughs> made me realize like, "Oh, is there shame around calling yourself an actress? Is there like a connotation that you're a okay. certain kind of person?" Or right. I don't don't have a certain amount of skill set. It's more look based, and I don't know. I just was like, I, I just decided to embrace whatever. It's, it's all all the same. Yeah, I guess I've been trying to uh, refer to everybody as actors, just because uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought that's what people wanted these days, or expected. Yeah. You know, or, or that was the proper thing to do. Right. But I have been hearing people refer to themselves as actresses, and people yeah. referring to them as actors. So I'm just like, hmm, maybe it doesn't matter. I'm trying. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm trying. to to embrace more like the word actress and like be, be proud. And that's, that's a good thing and not, not a shameful thing. And it's, and made me really curious of like, why did I even, why did I even have that feeling around <laughs> it? It sounds such, so yeah. much more glamorous to say actress. I know. I'm an I actress. Know. You know, you yeah. can flourish your hand a little more that way. Yeah. Maybe there was fear of like, people think that you you have this, this um, inflated ego. If you say I'm an actress, but I'm an actor is like this, <laughs> Um, whittled down like working brooding artist or something right. I, I don't know but. actress is kind of like fiance it's just mm-hmm. it sounds a little pretentious yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think sometimes an actor can sound pretentious too be like no no I'm an actor yeah, you know? well, cool. yeah. I, I, I think, think it's all in the way you say it too right? <laughs> <laughs> yes cool okay so we got that out of the way yeah sorry um, just for curious. everyone listening I, I think it's I, I like hearing everyone's point of view on it because yeah you're right like everyone does have a different approach to that yeah. word yeah. So for everyone out there, uh, Karina has worked with both Ulrich and I on our short films. Uh, mm-hmm. She played the medium in the first scene of The Spirit Machine, and she was Marie in Over My Dead Body. And then Ulrich directed her in Zombie vs. Drone. So we've worked <laughs> with her, which is awesome. And we wanted to have her on the podcast to talk about how she breaks down a performance from a script, because we've never really gone into detail about that with an actor. I mean, basically, I just wing it, so that's all there is to say. <laughs> yeah. We, are we done here? There's no prep that goes into it, right? No. Right. Okay. No, no, no. You guys no. hold the signs for me off off camera. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into it, though, let's let people know who you are. So we'd love to hear a one-minute bio. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, yes, good luck. My, so I'm Karina Wolf. Um, I've been kind of acting my whole life, um, doing theater middle school and got really serious in high school i was thespian of the year troop 1096 and president so like i was very committed and then i went to cornish um got my bfa in acting and original work which is like playwriting and directing on top of a conservatory style acting program and then did theater in san francisco for several years where i met timothy and did 
project with. And then I've been in LA about five and a half years. Um, just I do some theater. I'm part of a theater company, and and trying to do as many film and try, and trying to break into TV as well. And um, started producing my own work as well. I just wrote and produced my first short film and have a couple other projects in the works. So yeah. I want Ulrich to jump in here because I'm like, there's so many questions I have, but I want to hear what he says first. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask about, um, you know, since you've done so much acting and then you just produced and acted in your first project that was your own, um, what do you prefer that um, over just being, being in a piece or, you know? Um, I really liked, I really liked producing, but it is, it was very stressful and, um, I would hope that not every project has to have that much preparation and stress going into it. Um, I definitely was able to, you know, it it took a few hours being on set before shooting to really be able to let go of like the producer mind of like handing out money and making sure everyone had arrived and doing their job. And there's something you really need to let go on set and, and focus on, you know, sink into your character and the other actors and not, and, and not be the boss anymore. But I really liked it, and I think I'd like to further explore that, you know, dual position. Yeah. But there's something about just showing up and being an actor and being able to focus and play and letting other people take care of the business that's just so wonderful. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. I mean, geez, I wish I could have those kinds of experiences as a director. Um, yes. You know, for me, <laughs> everything I've done has been, like, something that I've had to pull together myself, like either producing or even if I get brought into it, I still end up doing a lot of the producing just because it feels like it comes with the job um, mm-hmm. when you're doing low budget. Uh, for sure. With Thirsty Girl, do you feel like the role that you wrote for yourself, did you feel like it was a role that you were really hungry to play that you never got the opportunity to play or, um, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm very drawn to dark wounded characters and I think, um, that that's one of my strengths, but I think because my face is kind of like young and, and sweet looking that I have to, sometimes proved to people that I can do that unhinged darkness really well. And so that was definitely one, one, um, draw to write this character. Basically the gist of the movie is it's, um, about a girl obsessed with, um, or consumed with her obsession over California's drought as a means to avoid the fact her mother is dying of cancer and she doesn't want to deal with that. And so she's like fully trying to save Los Angeles from the water crisis, but she's not drinking water. So she's going insane and dying. Um, so wow. I really enjoyed <laughs> that, that descent into madness, even for a very short bit. Um, and uh, definitely based it on, you know, uh, my own kind of anxieties listening to NPR during the drought, you know, a few years ago and, and, uh, my own water policing. And I caught myself getting a little worked up about it. I'm like, well, what would happen if I snapped and did go too far with that? And then also two years ago, I lost my mom. So it was, it was a nice way to kind of begin to work some of that out a little bit. So it was wow. definitely a very, very personal cool. project. It's, you know, it's interesting watching it now because it's, you know, it's 15 minutes long, so it's just a slice. And we definitely start while mm-hmm. her madness is like full on, um, her spiraling. So it would, it would be nice at some point to explore more of like how she got to that state. You're talking about extending it to a feature. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's that project. I definitely have an idea for a different feature 
and a similar character, not the same circumstance, but I've, I've definitely considered like what it would look like to extend that one out further. I'm not sure. And where are you at with this project? It's done. Um, I'm waiting right now for the final hard drive to, to get our DCP made. And we got, um, we have a, the re- owners of my restaurant um, are kind enough to throw me and two other coworkers, two uh, female coworkers that ha- produce their own projects as well this year. They're running a big theater in Beverly Hills and we're having a fun sc- private screening. Oh, and then nice. I got into my first film festival last oh. week in Pasadena. So congratulations. Thank you. So it begins with now I have to share it with the with people and that's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) that's a yeah it's a vulnerable place to be what's the goal with this film are you hoping that somebody's gonna see it and be like karina what else you got let's make a feature i mean that's definitely uh always like a dream but i think more than anything just just learning for myself um what it takes to to produce something and write something. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm very interested in directing at some point, but still feel like I want to get, you know, study a little bit more, um, even just on set with, with directors before I take that role. And, and, um, yeah, I just start getting back into creating. Cause when I was in college, I, I created so freely. Um, and then I think once I started pursuing a professional acting career, uh, like so much of that, like creative flow stopped of just trying to be that commercial actor and fit into that, like do do that hustle. And um, now I'm really trying to get back to like you know that that creativity and 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 fill different roles besides just acting. Nice, awesome. Um, so Timothy, before we go forward, um, there yeah. are there's, like you said, there's a million questions we could ask, but do we want to stay focused? On- I think we should stay focused. Because, can we ask yeah. one question? And is it about LA? Yeah. Yes, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Timothy, I'll ask a question, and Timothy, you add on to it if I miss any parts of it. But I mean, <laughs> okay. I think the, the general question is: as an actor who was in the Bay Area and then moving uh-huh. to Los Angeles, what was the difference when you went from one market to the other? Yeah, and I guess how how is it going in LA? I I didn't realize it had already been like five and a half years. Jeez, <laughs> was it everything you imagined it would be? Um, it's just as hard, as they say, but it's also. Um, there's so much more community um, that, than I imagined. Um, I feel very supported and loved and encouraged here. Um, so it's it's awesome here. It is very hard though, and there's so many differences. I feel like I was only in San Francisco three years, and after my first year acting, especially in theater, I really even had to look for auditions um, people would invite me. They see me in one show, they get to know me. Then they like, oh, can you come audition for my show? I was working all the time. And in theater, I got paid very well in the Bay Area. Here, if I want to do a play, I like really have to look at my finances. You know, I wait tables at night and like, can I afford to do this play? Okay, I'm going to do this. But then I have to work extra hard for the next few months because um, theater pays unless you're working at the huge houses here it pays very little and you know taking off all those nights um definitely um is a sacrifice but it i mean it's so great and and when i do choose a play you know i choose good quality and something that will definitely showcase me and then it's a nice way to show the connections and, and community that i've built up like what i can do so it's it's always benefited me greatly 
um, there's just so much more opportunity, like big opportunity here for film and TV, but the pool is just so much bigger. So you just have to get really okay with, um, of rejection and, and not as rejection, but just that there's so many very talented people here. Um, and so, you know, you'll get your time to play it, but it, you know, when you go to an audition, it's, it, it, well, chances are that it's going to be somebody else's, uh, chance to get that role. And so you have to actually just find love in auditioning and getting to break down a script and, and not always valuing on getting it or not, because again, yeah, the, the competition pool is just so fierce out here, but if you stay in it long enough, then you really start to, you know, get known by people and, and the community becomes smaller here. And, you know, every audition I go to, mm. I feel like I run into somebody I know and you get casting relationships and they start calling you in more and you work with directors who want to work with you again. And, you know, it, it just takes time out here, especially I'm a, a white female who plays, you know, twenties, early thirties, and it's the most saturated market. And, you know, there's just so right. many talented people here. Yeah, I guess it kind of boils down to more opportunity, but also more competition. Yeah, exactly. Right. But also, I mean, the type of roles that you get to audition for in Los Angeles, they don't really exist in the Bay Area, right? No. Like, there's no TV shows. There's no, um, like, movies, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's really, I don't know, it's really interesting. I, I really love hearing what you said about the community because that was my biggest um, sort of, like, misconception of L.A. is that there isn't, like, a lot of support and it's really a dog-eat-dog city, you know, and everyone is just out for themselves. But I mean, I know that that exists here for sure, but I've just, I've been, I have so many amazing friends and you just think about it every small town across america that had that dreamer that talented kind person that just loved movies and tv those are the people that los angeles is filled with that you know they sacrifice everything to come out here and you know they get into their 30s and they're still working like bartending or you know these survival jobs when their friends at home are having you know getting married and having kids and real jobs it takes a lot to to sacrifice a life pursuing, you know, your art and your dreams. And so I'm just always blown away with how many good people that are, you know, are chasing their dreams out here, but, you know, are smart, educated, grounded, kind, passionate. Um, it's, it's a special place for sure. So I, I think it definitely gets a bad rap because of, you know, a small population. And I feel like that small population is the one that are reflected on like reality shows or whatever. And that's, that's so rarely <laughs> right. what I encounter here. Yeah. And just the cliche of yeah. like the LA scene, you know, which I think, yeah, in my, like my little tiny bit of experience, like I've been spending more time there last year and, and even a little this year and yeah, man, everyone's been wonderful. It's been mm -hmm. awesome. You know, and I have more fun every time I go. So it's like, yeah, it just takes like knowing where to go. And like, <laughs> if, you move, if you're coming to LA for the first time, you don't need to go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's gross and dirty. And that's not what LA is. <laughs> it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's so big. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, acting and yes. how you break down a performance. We want to get into the nitty gritty of it. Okay. But first, let's define what an actor's job is. How, how would you define an actor's job? <laughs> um, I think that it basically boils down to just telling the story truthfully um, and inhabiting a character like so authentically that 
I, I, I think the actor's job is to cover up all the thousands of hours and, and thousands of dollars and millions of dollars and, and people that went into making that production. So you don't even see the production and you don't even think about the hard work that went into that moment, just so like the audience can fully immerse themselves in, in the story and the characters. Um, in a way, it's like they're, they're the magicians to, to hide all the effort. Yeah. And when you say like truthfulness, like what do you mean by that? Um, just, just honesty, like making the words, um, like, do you have to be the character? Be like, be, do you embody the character? Do you like forget who you are for a second and become the character? I don't think you ever truly forget who you are. It just becomes an extension of you, but it really, like, I think you, for me at least, you do all this work, um, breaking down the script and we can get into the details of that, but. But it really is about, you know, doing the work and preparation so much that you get to throw it all away and you just get to focus on your your scene partner and listen. And, you know, there it's it's all about, you know, just listening and answering truthfully. And you did all the work, so it's it's in there. Um and you can't and you don't fabricate the moment. Of course, you know, every actor it's it's um that is a big challenge and hopefully it shows up most of the time. And sometimes you have your technique and skill to back it up if it's not there. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all about listening and honesty, I think. So what are some of the different styles that like have emerged over the, the centuries of acting? Um, and what do you think that most actors are kind of following nowadays and what do you follow? Well, I was really lucky in my education at Cornish where they didn't prescribe to one technique. They kind of give you a toolbox. You know, there's a, you know, method. Um, where, That's a very famous one. Yeah, or like emotional recall. A lot of people use that where they use their own personal past and memories um, and kind of substitution um, in the script. And that can definitely work at moments. And, you know, it works for some people very well. But I've always kind of, I've never quite trusted that to be a constant reliable thing because sometimes, you know, you can cry about this thing that happened to you when you were seven and then sometimes <laughs> you're in the moment and right. you're like, oh, it doesn't really affect me. Maybe I tapped that source. Well, that's why there's so many different styles, right? Because every totally. person's different and the what works for you may not work for another yeah. person. And, and it's I like think, dieting, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> even at an early age, like in, in, even in high school, I was an amazing theater program and had an incredible teacher. But even some of the techniques we'd use, like I, I would, I realized at a young age, like, hey, this doesn't necessarily work for me. So I'm going to just say that I'm doing this. But like, I have my, I, I don't know, I have my own thing. And I don't know if I ever really defined it. It was just something, one thing I, I don't know if this even makes sense, but like sitting in class in high school and like reading textbooks out loud and then sometimes I'd realize like how I, I didn't even retain anything I just read I said it all out loud but I didn't retain it I'm like go back and, and say it out loud until you read it and then I kind of associate that with acting like are you really retaining and listening to what you're saying and um, that makes sense yeah um, that makes sense so I being in LA um, I, I, I tried different acting classes and didn't quite find the right one until recently, like this summer, I started studying at this place called Warner Laughlin and it seems to really suit what I've always done. What do they teach? Um, I won't get like too into their technique, but, um, it's like where Amy Adams studied and, but it, it's, it's a wonderful studio and, 
Um, it's all about like breaking down the text, like, you know, reading it several times, you know, you're getting your given circumstances, just like, you know, the facts that are in the script and studying the, the behaviors and then analyzing, starting to get into your creativity after all this analysis of like why the behaviors. And then um, they do something interesting, which is kind of examine the base human emotion of a character, which is kind of a psychology term of like believing that everybody has a base human emotion, um, a need or a want for something. Or, and um, kind of that defines that character's whole life. But then their big thing is like going in and creating memories for that character to huh. fill in their whole life that aren't based on your own memories. So their, you know, their theory is like this gives you, you know, a never ending supply of memories to work from. And I think that that's actually always what I kind of did. I used, you know, I would on a character just f kind of do a bunch of writing and like look at every line and then just journal about like their life or things that happened to them and, you know, relations to other characters until I kind of really got in my bones and felt exactly like where they were coming from. And, you know, there's moments where, you know, I, I was in a play a few years ago and ha had to get emotional about this, this child. And, you know, I could always substitute my, or just think for a moment of even my nephew's face and it got me every time. And so there, there's moments where, you know, I'll relate to things in my own life, but I think that this technique of, of cr creating, um, you know, completely authentic um, memories for the for this character that aren't related to your own is a nice way to to make sure that you'll, you know, never tap out on something that happened to you and like have to rely on your yeah. experience kind of relating, kind of relating to what this character is going through when it doesn't really. And and all this work that you're doing with this writing, um, you know, of the memories and all that stuff, do you share that with the writer, or is that something that you just bring um, and the director, and then, or, or do you, do, or do you just bring it on set first, and just that's something that you do on your own? Um, I don't know. I think it's always different if it if it's pertinent, if um, it might change something. Maybe I will, but usually it's just you know, for for myself. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you know, from my perspective, and like on my last uh, big movie that I did that had a lot of dialogue and a big character, I um, had these like deep conversations with my uh, actors uh, before we shot, you know, just to kind of talk about their past and their history mm -hmm. and like what happened before, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder, like, you know, if you did that you know, if, if you, that ever there was a conflict, like if you came up with like a bunch of past memories and past, like a past history of a character and then didn't really bring it up with the actor, with the director or with the writer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just was it reacting, did your performance with that kind of, you know, that background. I wonder if that would ever be an issue. I don't know. Has that yeah. ever been an issue or? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I definitely would have to think about that. Um, I think that, you know, especially with this technique, it, you know, versions of things I've done before, but like really honed in and specified at the studio is um, it's it, it's definitely it's supported by the text. And so you're not making crazy decisions just for the sake of it. It's all like, you know, analyzing the text and what's given there and making like educated kind of assumptions of, of how this, you know, things led to them. So I think if I ever came up with something that was more of an unusual, like might change the performance enough to be noticeable, I would probably talk to the 
the director or the writer and make sure that they were on board. And usually when I have done that, they get excited and like, oh, wow, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Maybe we'll add to it. And, it, and it's kind of a conversation. But I, I don't think I've ever experienced it being a negative, like, oh, God, no, that's not what happened to her. <laughs> the director's like, what were you thinking right now? Right. You're like, oh, I was thinking about this memory of like, no, that character would never have that memory. Yeah. Get it out of your head right now. I guess it's so internal, right, that yeah. it probably never really yeah. comes up. I, I definitely like just tell actors to come up with their own internal life that I never need to know about. I'm like, you never need to tell me. Yeah. You come up with that, whatever you need to do to get to this point. It's all internal. The audience is never going to know. I'm going to yeah, never know. Exactly. And and it's and the truth is most of the time you're not even thinking about it in the performance. You're not like having a conversation with someone being like, "But remember when my dog Rex died when I was 7?" Like these are just um it it's kind of to to fill up your own like emotional well and and memories, but then in the moment you kind of you just focus on listening to what you're what you're uh, partner is saying and your objectives but it, it i think it feeds the work in ways that you don't even know and you right. know makes a richer like makes you more comfortable in your in your body as that character well um, let's talk about getting from the first time you see the script all the way to your performance so the first time you get a script do you just read it all the way through as the viewer I mean, you try. It's really hard <laughs> not, not to Dude. not to just think about it. Your oh, character yeah, just, immediately, yeah. and like, what what kind of you know what lines do I have? Are they good lines, you know. It's, right. It's of course. Um, do you go through I, and highlight your name throughout the script, <laughs> and then count how many pages you've got? And then yeah, how many how many words I have? You know, <laughs> if the camera's focused on me, no. Um, I think it, it's maybe the opposite sometimes where. I, you know, it takes me a couple times to step out and read it as an audience member. Right. Um, I always make sure to, to do that, but I, I try to do it at the beginning. But again, I, it's, you know, it's it's a challenge sometimes when you're just trying to trying to get a grasp of your character right away <clears throat> and make sure it's something you want to do. And that, you know, right. Well, let's just assume that at this point, it's something you want to do. You've been hired. You have the script. What's your first step with it? I think just read it a ton of times. Um, How many? I don't know. It depends. Some scripts I get, and I I just get it immediately. Some I'm like, oh god, how am I going to make these lines work? And like, oh god, can I not do this? And it takes several times of kind of reading it, and then you kind of go through and and mine for any given circumstances, any information about the character, the character's past, the relationship with this partner, the relationship with other people, you know time space uh anything mm -hmm. you can find that's in evidence in the script when you um, read a character's lines any character's lines in a script do you feel like you naturally or your tendency is to believe what they say or to not or think that they're lying i always believe i think it, like and then and then if they're lying, you, you kind of get into that later of, of why and why they need to believe, why do they need to convince the other character they're, they're speaking the truth. Um, but, you know, even if it's kind of a crazy, rotten character, like, I always <laughs> immediately try to sympathize of, like, what is their truth and, like, why are they saying this? And then, mm -hmm. you know, so obviously there, there's some scripts where you, you know that they're lying, but then you have to get the truthfulness of why they're lying. 
I think David Fincher believes like everyone's always lying all the time, which is why I <laughs> asked that question. I think I'm more like you where I would just kind of naturally believe that a character is telling the truth all the time and then find the instances where they might be lying. But for the most part, I would just be like, take it at face value. That's yeah, that's funny. But I, I'm sure if you if you go into a script and you just think everyone's lying all the time, yeah. that's going to really change the way you break it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, it'd be a very aggressive performance. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the the pieces of evidence or truths that you're finding in a script? Like, does it exist in the description or is it always in dialogue? Like, do you delete all the, the stage direction and description mm, and just no. focus on dialogue? Or do you also read it's, all it, that other stuff? If anything, if there's a word on the page, there's a reason for it. I mean, with a good, with a good script. <laughs> um so there, there's a reason that the the writer included that. So you take it all in, and it's it's sometimes more in that. Um, it's not always about what characters are saying about you, because that is a behavior they might not they might be lying or manipulating you. But it's like the hard facts of like, you know, your brother died. You know, you have this disease. You know, just like hardcore facts, and then you start getting mm-hmm. into line by line like what's happening what are the characters doing to each other you know what's the behavior why are they choosing that behavior you know why are they being combated right now why are they being defensive right now is it because it's true you know you start getting into all of that but and then every time i do like a piece of work i try to read it over again in between and really try to not memorize lines um it's hard for me to go through it and just read it neutrally. I, I try and then I always like get swept up into acting it. But I think a tr- one thing I do is when I'm reading the other character's line, I really try to like listen and imagine a person saying that and, and believing them, not just like reading their lines. So I can say my next line. It's, it's, I'm always trying to, even if it's just me working by myself, I'm, I'm kind of creating a path for reaction to what they're saying, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But do you, how do you know how they're going to say that line? You don't. And so, you know, there's a, a flexibility. And, and that's why I just, you do, you do the prep. And there, it can be fun and, you know, there's and, um, exciting to do. But there's just, it's like, I want to just hurry up and get that done and have it in my bones so I can get up on set and throw it all away and just like focus on what my act, my partner is going to give me. Cause that's where it happens. Like that's, that's the exciting part. Um, in my, in yeah. my class right now, I love it because you do all the preparation by yourself and you, you know, the last step is getting off book and then you show up to class and you've never rehearsed with your partner and you go in front of the class as if it's, you know, the performance, just like it would be on set. Cause a lot of times you don't get to rehearse with your partner before you right. meet you, you meet them on set and they're like okay now you're husband and wife and you know <laughs> the, the biggest vulnerable fight of your life yeah how much of your preparation is based on what your who your character is and how much of it is based on who the other characters are mm. or do you even worry about the other characters no of course you have to you know you have to build a whole world and your relationship and your past with them um, and you know if you're lucky even if you haven't met them you know you can like stalk them online and, and get a sense of, of what you're working with um and just can, so you can start kind of personalizing your, your history with them um 
so yeah, I think it it's definitely always has to do a lot with the other person or or other people in their lives, you know, previous to this person, but like how how this person's behaved in relationships in their life. Yeah. Um, Is all this prep and breakdown happening in your head, or if we looked at your script, or would you have notes on your computer? Like, what form does it take? Um, it's it's always different. Um, I usually it's. I have this like journal and I like to write, but I don't know if you could decipher anything because it looks like chicken scratch. <laughs> it's not even necessarily meant for me to go back to, but sometimes I'll write little, sometimes I'll go and full on like write paragraphs of, of the kind of the memories I've just imagined. And sometimes I'll, you know, lay on the couch and like close my eyes and talk out loud. And like, and that, that's something, you know, my, my class has you do is like talking the memories out loud. So you're noticing, you know, details and, you know, textures and colors and sounds and smells and everything. Sometimes, you know, I don't have time and you do more flashes and I'm, you know, I'm driving and I talk out loud or sometimes I'll just get lost in my head and like imagine, you know, go through a timeline and jump and like, you know, visit all these moments in this character's life to justify a moment that I'm having trouble with. Um, Sometimes I'll have a line that I just don't feel like I believe myself saying. And so I'll extend on the line and kind of improvise for a while of like them reiterating what they're trying to say to understand what they're saying. If that makes sense. Um, sometimes to, if I feel like I'm getting um, stuck in a way of saying something, I'll sing it out loud or like do a weird <laughs> accent just to like get it to change it up and force myself. Wow. Going back to what you're talking about with your acting class where you do your preparation and then you just, you know, go to class and act with your partner without any, any like, you know, time rehearsing with them. Uh, what do you learn from that experience when you do that in class? Trust and trust and listening and um, like surrender um, because I feel like even in previous acting classes when you have rehearsed you get into your way you know what's going to happen you plan you you know you like rehearse the discoveries and when you do it in class that way and often on set when you've never worked with your partner before like you don't know what they're going to give you and that's that's true to life of like you don't know even what the most intimate people around you are going like, to serve you up um so I, I really like that way. It, it forces you to throw the work away and, and just listen and be prepared. Nice. And not have expectations of like how it's going to go. Um, and, and here's another random question. And this is just sort of based off of something a friend of mine who lives in L.A. said. Um, I was asking about like, you know, why they aren't auditioning more. And they were like, oh, well, you know, I'm not doing acting classes right now because I'm so busy or whatever. And I was like, well, you don't need to do acting classes in order to audition. He's like, oh, yeah you need to do acting classes if you're going to have any chance of getting auditions in Los Angeles. Really? So I don't know if you want to speak to that at all or if that's, is that true or is that just some crazy thing or what, what's up with that? Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, to be honest, I, I have been here five and a half years. I, I did so much training in Seattle and San Francisco that I was kind of weary of it here um, because it's hard to find the right teacher. Um, and so for a long time, I would just do like casting workshops and those, you know, that kind of fell apart last year where they, um, shut a lot of them down. But th those were basically like you pay and you, you, you have a day where you go and you do an audition in front of a, like a big casting, working casting director and they give you feedback. 
some were more successful and helpful than others. Some were really like, oh, I'm just paying to meet this casting director. And that's the truth of it. Because when you're, you know, you come here and you don't have the connections and you don't have the resume, it's hard to get casting directors to know you. So I, I can see why people were upset with it. And I also like it was a tool for people to use. So um, so I actually wasn't in class that often but i you know i'd still audition i think it more importantly it's if do you have representation that's getting you seen and that's definitely been a journey of getting the right representation i think i've had like four different ones so far and i i, I had to fire my agent back in september and got a new one you know a few weeks later and i oh, feel wow. like you know it's still fairly new but i feel like this is the best fit i've had so far and I'm getting sent out on more auditions than I ever have before and like bigger stuff. Um, so that's definitely exciting. And I think it helps that I'm in, in class just because I have so much material to work on in class. We get to choose our own material. So we're working on like the, you know, the best, any, any TV show or movie that I wish I was in, I get to do it in class. So I'm, I'm constantly working on great writing and I think I was starving for that for a while, not being in class. So now when I have an audition, I feel like I have less investment of like, am I going to get this one or not? When before I got, you know, an audition every once in a while and I put everything on it. And if I didn't get it, it would destroy me for like a month. Um, so now it's more just my daily practice. I'm getting to work on all these scenes all the time. Some of them for auditions, some of them for a class and some are for projects that I get cast in. Um, so it, it definitely makes it easier to let it go. So the classes are just a really a great way for you to keep on honing your skills yeah, and just and, learning. And and for some people, I think more important than others. Like, I mean, I'm definitely like so glad I'm back in class and I feel like I'm doing some of my best work right now because I'm having to do that every week. But other people, I, I also have been acting, you know, my whole life and I've done so much training um, before that I think it was good for me to let that go for a little while because it like just, just to get it in my bones rather than in my, you know, out of my head a little bit. But some people are starting acting for the first time when they come out here. So I think it's extra important that they're in class. It, it's just different for everyone. Some people don't take a single class and they are so brilliant and natural. It just, it's different for everyone. You said earlier that it's different for every script. Mm -hmm. Why, why is it changed? Like, why can't you just apply the same techniques to every single script? I mean, you, you, absolutely can but some scripts that i find i just get immediately and like i get a character and so i'm like i i do the work but i'm like i i don't have as many questions i just this one was just an easy fit i sl like i slid right into that character i feel like i'm connected to them and their truth and and uh like you know i'll, I'll do do some of this same stuff but i don't feel like i need to do all this digging up to 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 get it and to click in and some scripts you just get that magic script and you just feel immediately like oh i know this person and you can like move on to you know exploring in other ways but um and then some some are challenging like how am i going to find how am i going to find an in with this one and and you do more digging and you know analysis and and you know memory work when i break down a script i break it down line by line mm -hmm. because i need to be prepared for any line that an actor yeah. might ask me about do you need to go to that level of detail or do you do more like of a kind of like overall wash in, oh definitely like, definitely line by line um but again like 
yeah, some lines you, you just, you just get and you know, and you know, you have 10 different ways you could say it and feel confident in it and, and you can move on in some, you're just like, I don't know how to make this line work. I don't believe myself when I say it and you really have to work harder. Do you ever walk on a set not knowing how to say a line? You know, I, I, yes. And I am more comfortable in that moment now because I don't think that you should, I think you should have options and know what they're, um, where they're coming from. But I think that you shouldn't know how you're going to say it entirely because you don't know what the other person's going to say to you first. So I feel like that's something of the years I'm growing more comfortable with is not like not planning um, and just wait, just waiting for the inspiration from your partner. Okay, so you're on set and you're in the scene and maybe it's the first time that you're actually running through it and um, you're reacting in the moment, right? You're like trying to get rid of all the planning and just really listen to the other person that mm -hmm. you're acting with and react to them truthfully. Uh -huh. What's a director's role at this point? Like when it comes to acting, what what do you believe a director's job is? Um, I will their vision and their interpretation. Um, do I look okay doing it? Like, am I, am I conveying the motion convincingly? Am I doing a weird tick with my face that I don't even know I'm doing? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think um, it's really like they're, they're the artists and they get to, to mold it. And if, you know, if I came up with something and, and they believe that there's something, you know, further or better or different that I could be doing, mm -hmm. like that's when, you know, the play starts and, you know, I, I love when directors direct a lot and there's a lot of times where they, I just don't get any direction. It's like, all yeah, right. Yeah, so I was going to ask, like, do you prefer the directors that just don't give you a direction or do you prefer that, like, after every single take, they come up and say something new to you? Um, I I mean, I love I love being directed because um, I, I want to look, I want to give the best performance I can. I want to, you know, tell the best story I can. I'll look the best I can. So when a director's really invested in it it's exciting because you trust them to make you to make you look good so do you feel like a director's job is to kind of reflect your performance back to you since you're not looking at a mirror doing it yeah and exactly and you know they're looking at the monitor as well and so they're going to see things that i can't see and they're they're going to mm -hmm. see you know what the final picture is going to look like so you definitely rely on them to make sure that you know it's a successful performance what do you think a director's job is not to do? Or what What are some things that they do that you prefer they didn't? I love um, direction and, and suggestions, but I hate when they over talk a direction when you're in the moment and you're and you got it right away. Because I, I can, you know, I need like a word or a phrase and I'll elaborate if, or I'll ask for elaboration if I need more. Yeah, but, you know, common, I'm, I'm like common problem. one foot in, one of the performance, one foot out to receive the no. And when some directors will just go on and on and on and you got it the first word and you don't want to be, you know, rude and say like, I got it because you, you don't want to listen to what they have to say. But I think. C can you give us an example of that? Well, like. Yeah, the little, you know, a few, a few, I can't even think of like 
a specific instance, but I know that it's happened where it's made my blood boil where, you know, they'll give you the one note, but then they'll, they'll give all these examples. It's like this and this is what, and they'll, they'll just go on and on and on and talk for like a minute and a half when, you know, all the crew's ready and everyone's staring at you and you're like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like you, there's, um, you, you, you want to take the suggestion and you want to keep flowing and playing with it. And so sometimes that can burn out and take me out of it if they over talk and almost like condescend like i didn't get it or something mm, right mm -hmm. so like being clear and concise with your direction and not feeling the need to over elaborate basically totally yeah all right that's a good what note. about stacking directions on top of each other you ever have directors that's like give you 10 different things to do and you're just like that's too many um for sure that's definitely happened um but again, like if there's 10 different things that need to be adjusted, I want to know them. So I guess it just takes like a fine balance of how to communicate. Yeah. But would you prefer, and, and I'm, I know this is probably like an actor by actor basis, but for you specifically, would you prefer a director kind of slowly lead you to where they want you to be or just kind of drop everything on you then? It's like, I need you to hit this mark. I need you to look up at this point. I need you to say this line like this. I need you to have this intention yeah. here yeah. and just blog and yeah. say it all. And then you just figure it out. Or would you rather like just one at a time that kind of take by take get you to where they need if to they, be? If, they, if there's the time and, you know, they can quickly lead you there, you know, organically without making you feel like, Oh, I'm doing everything wrong. I'm giving a terrible performance, you know, um, which might happen if you were given like, you know, 10 things. Um, I know. Honestly, hopefully there was preparation and like a rehearsal beforehand so that wouldn't happen and you wouldn't get all these directions uh, right. at once. And then there, or like the director just totally didn't know what they wanted. And now they're completely changing their mind because they didn't think it through the first time. You know, that could definitely be frustrating. Yeah. I always feel like you don't want to give too much um, in between each take. And then some of my favorite directors that I've worked with, I just, they don't even, they're just so smart with the way they communicate their, you know, direction. And mm -hmm. they do it in a way where they're like, okay, I'm not going to give you everything all at once, but I'll give you a note here, a note there, a note here. And then by the third or fourth take, it's like exactly where it should be. Totally. You know, do you, yeah. do you prefer that way? Have you, have you experienced that before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then like, you know, if it's a particularly emotionally demanding role, you know, they'll give you notes. And th this happened to me, you know, in this last year where I definitely had to have, you know, tears. And so th they gave me notes and then let me get at it. And like it was close, but then, you know, I finished it and he just goes and keep rolling. Just go again when you're ready. And like that was so nice to like, I, I finally like found it at the end and then I just got to go without even stopping and, and breaking. I just got to go again. And that's happened a few times where it's really nice of like, oh, you have to just totally explore it once again and try new things. And Yeah, I'm a big fan of keeping the role. I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But crew members often don't like, <laughs> you know, ADs and mm -hmm. um, DPs sometimes like are not really interested in that because they want to make adjustments and things. Right. And, you know, I'm always excited to do that um, if I can. There's nothing that breaks the moment more than cutting and then having everyone like shuffle around. And, you mm -hmm. know, if you give anybody time, they're going to want to move lights or want to do yeah. this, do that. Yeah. And then they have to come in with the slate again and you have uh -huh. to like mark it. And it just feels like it just interrupts so much that like, I love just holding the role so you can just stay in that moment and get yeah. somebody back to where you need them to be really quickly yeah. rather than waiting like two, three minutes to get back to that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and especially because every I think every time you just have to kind of re um, isolate yourself from the 30 people staring at you and the camera and so you know you get locked into your partner and you know your emotional state and every time you call cut and everything like that all becomes you know hopefully not too much but aware of like wow you know 17 dudes just stared at me doing that really vulnerable moment and like okay like now i have to look at them and like pretend that i wasn't vulnerable and then okay get back in it again you're saying like about a very simple direction like what it could be like one word for you mm-hmm. what 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 are those words for you like i i tend to break down a script into like action verbs mm-hmm. so i'm not saying things like Karina, be more angry. <laughs> you know, like not trying not to tell you what emotion to feel, but trying to give you something to like do to the other character right. or, you know, some something to help motivate that line. Those things are very helpful. Do you mind if a director just says like happier, more with a smile? Does it, are those helpful? Faster, slower. Faster, slower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely work with them, but in action, like, is, is very helpful. Like, even in class just because it was yesterday so it's the freshest in my mind we're doing a scene from revolutionary road which is uh, super intense and the our teacher who was coaching us for the second take you know even just did this thing of like yeah she's she's sad and depressed and all these things but like she's she has a fight in her like she's she's showing up this is her last fight and even that little direction just changed it so much and like gave me such a bigger arc to get to where she that her emotional um stayed at the end so yeah like little little things like concepts like that and actions to take are super helpful yeah um, okay goals yeah, and, and just an example for the audience in case like the whole action verb doesn't make sense like i might give a direction to karina to say like I want you to belittle him. I want you to make mm-hmm. him feel as small as you possibly can yeah. rather than say, just be bitchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, 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 you know, it gives you um, an intention and a goal that is super helpful. I'm also a big fan of like as ifs, like play it as if he's your husband, even though he might just be in the script, your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I like as ifs to like just change the reality of the world for yeah. a second because the audience will never know that the reality has changed. Yeah. But it would give like the actors something else, a- another way to play it. Sure. And, yeah, and it engages your active imagination rather than like trying to create something or achieve something like be mean um it, it, <laughs> yeah. like even just saying imagine as if he's your husband immediately like clicks in a whole world of history and stories and possibilities that like will keep my mind going and be engaging for the audience to you know even if they don't know what's going on you know something's going on yeah i mean i don't know sometimes i like to just say things that like we've already talked about you know and then just like, remember, you are doing this. I remember your character is really mad right now mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously like a very <laughs> vague example, but I think sometimes just like using things to call back previous conversations can sometimes sure. help too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's a million and one things going on in your head and you're trying to remember all of them and then letting them go and being authentic and not thinking about like what angle or you know what scenes coming next or what lines coming next so it's always like nice to be reminded of of what you know maybe something that should be brought more to the forefront like of what you need to tell the story as the director yes. we're just you know an extension of 
you know, your storytelling. And I, I love, you know, when, you know, you, you see a director that's so invested, they're almost like mouthing your lines for you off stage. Like, you know, you clearly are extension of like their impulses and mm. um, it's exciting to, to have that um, working relationship where you know that they care so much about, about achieving, you know, the most truthful, honest story possible. Yeah, that's cool. So in all the examples that we gave, like action verbs or as ifs or Ulrich asking people to remember, is there like other phrases or words that like actors would use, like actor speak, I would say, that, hmm. and, and how important do you think it is for a director to understand actors speak? Like if you were to direct, would you talk to your actors differently than you think that we, we've talked to you in the past? Um, I don't really know. I, I don't even know if like actor speak is is appropriate or is it's necessary it's it's more like human speak like you do you understand emotions <laughs> like yeah um yeah i think that as long as you're a good communicator and like and concise in that moment like in the rehearsal you talk all you want about your vision and everything but like in the moment you know getting concise but effective language it doesn't matter if you know it's actor speak or you know sports lingo as long as <laughs> I, I you know i'm able to tap into it right so speaking of rehearsals like how much rehearsal time would you personally like on a project um i mean i love rehearsal i feel like the most rehearsal i've ever gotten is working with you timothy <laughs> in my hotel room in the hotel room yeah um, <laughs> and that's not that does not not as bad as it sounds guys <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, no. No, it's totally well, and, legit yeah and also even you know even though we knew each other you made me Audition for that thing like four times, and so those were all like <laughs> rehearsals. Yeah, Timothy's a jerk. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> such an asshole. Um, but so I felt um so like ready when, once we were on set, and it was so exciting to be in like a real kitchen and real knives and real wine glasses. That, um, right. So this is over my dead body, and when we rehearsed yeah. it, we did it in my hotel room, and we had to like fake what the kitchen layout would be. Yeah. So you know, it's like, and that that tends to happen in, in any rehearsal. You're like faking it in the location that doesn't have like everything. Mm -hmm. And and Timothy, you shot those too, right? Um, That's right, I did. In the beginning. Yeah. And I think you know, maybe elaborate a little bit more for everybody because I think this is one of the things that, you know, having known you at the time and just getting to know you, I was really impressed with the way that you did this um, audition process for um, Over My Dead Body. So, yeah, t tell everybody exactly how you did it and how it all worked because um, I think it's pretty fantastic. Oh, gosh. Putting <laughs> me on the spot. Um how did we do it? So once we, when, when I was casting, I did some auditions in person when I was in LA and mm -hmm. I, I used my phone. I had like a rough idea of blocking and how I wanted the camera to work. So I definitely like use the opportunity at, at and callbacks to direct actors. I think that was like my third or fourth audition was in person with a different actor. Cause a, a lot of it, I hope wasn't just auditioning me. It was auditioning the guys as well. Yeah, the, absolutely. Because it was about finding a pair of people that worked well together. Yeah. And I think I saw you with at least three different people mm -hmm. before we settled on Jeremy. Yeah. Um, I think first you had me do a self-tape. And then I think you even gave mm. me directions on the self-tape to redo a self-tape. And then we did a day at, at my house 
and oh no, maybe it was then the, then the audition in person in Santa Monica, and then you had me bring over like several dudes to my house, and we skyped auditioned yes. like several guys that I knew and suggested. Wow, I mean, so th- th- I mean, we're not even through the whole process yet. This but is just I mean, casting. Is this like? Do you prefer <laughs> this kind of way of working, Karina, or is this like Timothy was asking a lot of you for, for this? I mean, I enjoyed it, and then I think after like the third or fourth audition, he was like, "Well, great, you're like." One of two girls, like one finalist. I was like, wait, I don't have the part already. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think that if I hadn't gotten the part, I would have been a little frustrated. <laughs> you would have punched me in the face. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really liked it. And because we were also, he was also going through the script and making sure each line worked and the intention was correct. And, you know, we made a couple tweaks to the script and, um, it was really fun to audition with so many different guys to really find, and I, Jeremy is not at all what I expected you to cast. And then when you cast him, I was like, oh my God, I understand completely what this movie is now. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, the reason I had you do so many auditions was because I really like you, but I didn't have the right guy for you yet yeah. until we found Jeremy and then it clicked and then it was, it worked really well. Yeah. But until that point is like, I really like Karina, but I don't know who to put her with it's yeah. not working yet until and then jeremy walks in it's like yes okay now it's a complete thing yeah no I, I definitely i don't think i fully even got the movie until he walked in and, and you cast him and and, and now I, then i saw your vision and to be honest it's, it's one of my favorite projects i've ever been in um, oh, awesome from start to finish that's it it's a solid short and the blocking that you guys did too because you blocked it all out in mm-hmm. rehearsals right yeah. So then we yeah. went to the. So then when I was in LA, um, I had I had a really nice hotel room that had a pretty big living area, and so um, I just rearranged all the furniture to kind of mimic what the layout of the house would be, and then we blocked it all out the best we could, mm-hmm. given that. I think in hindsight, I probably could have done a better job blocking, but at the time it was like it was nice to be able to kind of visualize what it was going to be um Mm -hmm. before we even walked on set so i had like a solid plan so i shot i think i shot the whole scene as one continuous take and moved the camera around to kind of capture the performances and and try to do the steven spielberg thing where like you know went from a wide shot to a single to a two shot to like a close-up and uh, made it work that way yeah it was fun which is really nice because i feel like so Rarely you get to act for very long on set. Usually it's in these little moments and then, you know, you change, change the camera, but it's, it's nice to just get to fly and like play the whole thing every time. So I'd say our breakdown on that script was very traditional, but the spirit machine I want to talk about for a second, because the way that I prepared Karina for that role was very (laughs) different. And um, I actually, there was no dialogue in that scene. I just had like a page written about what happened in that scene. And Karina helped create the everything that the medium yeah, was saying. I about so that. I gave her a book called uh, The Spirit World or something like that. It was like a, a guy who wrote a book about how to hold a seance. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted her to just create like her own seance. So she read the book and then we sat down and, and I started asking her like what would you say like what are some lines that you might say and we wrote the script together yeah did that work for you was that weird like did you just think like who is this guy and what is why is he making me read a whole book about holding a seance no i think i was intimidated by it like oh gosh i'm not a writer um but once i got into it 
it was it was really cool and helped me with my character even because that character would have written her own seance and like researched and you know um created her own kind of performance for these people so um while i was doing it definitely got to kind of live in her a little bit and um, i think it helped a lot it was super fun i wonder if that would have worked for every actor because obviously you have an inclination to writing like you, you i don't know if you were writing then but you've obviously been writing since mm -hmm. yeah that's true um, but i wonder if like you you brought that to an actor who had no interest in writing if they would have been able to do that or wanted to do that at all you know um but yeah, that sounds like an incredible. You never told me that story. That's that sounds kind of amazing <laughs> and and up my alley because I'm always for the rewriting of dialogue with the actor type of thing, you know, and finding the way it, it sounds through their voice personally, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. And then the other like line in there, the the old woman saying Daniel. I mean, that whole thing was like we're creating a backstory for every character in the scene because the the scene again was just written as like. It's these people in a seance and they have this experience with the ghost. But as soon as I cast people, then I started like dropping them into different roles and be like, oh, and she's the widow. And Karina's doing the seance to pretend like she's talking to that widow's husband, whose name is Daniel. Yeah. And so kind of created a whole backstory around that, which created additional moments mm -hmm. in that scene to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the thing I didn't tell Karina, I don't think I told you about the scream. <laughs> I think the scream oh. was kind of a surprise on set. <laughs> and so um, what I did to get you to that moment and all the actors, because I had everyone scream in like a single shot, um, is I played like the theme from Psycho. Mm -hmm. For a long time. That? Oh my gosh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. And I would just like build it up, build it up, build it up until like I myself felt like I could scream. And then I turned it off and was like, whenever you're ready. And then people just screamed. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And we were in this huge old Victorian mansion in San Francisco. And uh, I think you filled the room with, yeah, like the dry ice and the lighting was super creepy. And then, yeah, played the song for a long time and all the, you know, cleared the room out a lot. Um, so. Oh, wow. Definitely. Timothy likes to do that, I think. Yeah. You know. No, it was, it was great because <laughs> screaming that loud and long is super vulnerable. <laughs> so it definitely helped to to create you know the circumstance to do that yeah and then yeah. i remember after the film came out or that first scene and you know you seeing yourself scream for the first time you're a little uncomfortable with it <laughs> like did you ever get over that <laughs> did you I mean, forgive me for making you do oh, that i definitely forgive you it's you know it's always just weird watching yourself on screen and then you know it's, my hair is all like pulled back tight in a bun and yeah the screaming it's, it's i don't think it's my most flattering uh, portrayal in film but i, I love it and, uh, i haven't done anything differently <laughs> well that's a really great scene guys um i have to say so tip of the hat to you on that i mean i just thought that the performances the directing the style everything with that scene was super well done so that was the first thing I ever saw that Timothy had ever done when I first met him. And I was like, immediately like, oh, this is this is a real director. Oh, yeah. geez. Oh, well, my and God. super exciting to find as an actor in San Francisco. Um, you, know, you don't find, or at least I hadn't find many directors like that in San Francisco. And we're so committed. And still even in LA, like you find some, but it's, uh, I feel like yeah. you are you're more, more prepared and and visionary and professional than most directors I've even worked with oh, here. Oh, really? So. Wow. 
Timothy. Wow. Timothy. Thank you. There you Thank go. you. <laughs> well, what can I do better? God, I was thinking about this question. I'm like, he's, he's not going to be happy with me because I don't know. I can't think of any like critiques. Um, just make more things and cast me. Yeah, that. that's <laughs> a good critique. I do that's need to make more things. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, uh, they could have been warmer in the house. <laughs> Ooh, that's, a, that's a producer's job. I was really cold. I was really cold on both of your projects, to be honest. I know. I feel but, really, really bad. Um, yeah. All right. well, like, there was really nothing you could have done because it was outdoors. Right. Um, I don't right. remember it being cold. Was it cold in that house? It was oh, in the El Cerrito house. Yeah. 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 Was it cold in that house too, or? Well, yeah, and it, you know, and we ran really, really late, but there's just nothing we could have done about that because, right. you know, we had it for <laughs> well, one yeah, night, but I think we, we did our last shot at, like, well, like, four in the morning. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but also in the move, the thing that we did together where I, I directed out in the, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> uh, was it cold there? That was uh, cold, right? Oh, yeah. And I showed up yeah. and, like, had a cold. Um, yeah. But you know what? Like, I think once <laughs> and we got- you had, like, your, your arms showing, too, right? Like, you weren't in the, the warmest outfit. Fit, I think it was like kind well, of I had a, a long sleeve, but tag. yeah, but it was raining, and so we kept having to put right, these tarps right. up, and there was no shelter. Um, but I think yeah. once I got into it and like running around, I had so much fun that day. It was, you did a great job. That was you yeah. made my job really easy. On I that had one. no idea um, what I was getting into. That was all action, right? There's no dialogue in that one. Yeah, yeah. no dialogue. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of grunting. Is there any breaking down <laughs> of a script that goes into that kind of project, Karina? No, I mean, I really didn't know how to prepare for that. And, you know, it's funny, yeah. I didn't, I had never met Auric. He emailed me because he had seen my audition tapes from your project, but we hadn't done your project <laughs> yeah, yet. Right. Oh, and so, so that was before Over My, uh, Over My Dead Body? That yeah, we, did we had that? done all the auditions for it and it was oh, casting wow. it, but we hadn't filmed it yet. It was, they oh, were filmed like funny. two weeks apart from each other, I think. Um, right, right. And so oh, I that's came up right. to the Bay Area twice in like a month. That's but, funny. Um, so I, yeah, I was I was definitely nervous. I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know any of these dudes. Like, what's this going to be like? I'm, I'm not an action actor, but I had so much fun, and the, you had such great people around that knew weapons so well. Um, that were so excited to teach me how to you know, work that gun. And yeah. I, I felt very supported and safe when I got there. But I was like, you always have that feeling of like, am I about to go? off and like right. be murdered by strangers you, you just never know because a lot of times you, you go to a completely new place with new people you've never met before and like oh. well i vouch for Ulrich before yeah, that no, I, right. I did I say he's did. legit and you're gonna have a great time yeah well you were really awesome because you even like went shopping with me the night before and uh -huh. we like found wardrobe for you like at the thrift store yeah and uh you know that was kind of like an unusual thing but you know we did that and that worked out really well and then yeah, we just made it happen. I mean, I think the rain was a little bit unexpected and made it a little bit more difficult for us, but it ended up working out yeah, really and great in the yeah, end. Yeah, and you were super technically savvy and prepared. So I feel like I, I've i been in that scenario where it's been an outdoor shoot or there's been rain and like, especially some student films and stuff where they just didn't know how to handle weather or unexpected things and so you were out there all day and and felt like not not necessarily i want to say unsafe but like you were with people who didn't know what they were doing um and that's that's definitely not the case 
Yeah, well, I was lucky on that one because my producer friend Jeff um, produced it for us. And he like, you know, uh, unit production manages like big commercials Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. So he he was the one who made sure all that stuff happened. And all I had to worry about was directing and shooting, you know. And then my gaffer friend came out and did all the lighting for us, at least for the first half of the day. And then we had someone else for the second half. Um, But he did a really, I mean, having Matt there always just makes me feel like so protected as, you know, with the technical stuff, because he just made it look so great from the beginning. I still love that piece. It's really, you know, and I get compliments on it every once in a while. So I know I I feel like uh, both of your projects are, you know, take up sizable parts of my acting reels because they're shot really well. And um, I think Timothy, like, I think some of my most like clear, straightforward um, act, like acting work are from your projects and especially over my dead body and then Ulrich like the the action sequences of me with that gun and and you know killing the zombie with the drone definitely have um I think gotten me other parts for sure people oh awesome that's great hooray yeah (laughs) that's really great to hear (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for reflecting back to us what what it's like working with us as directors I want to say to you that the reason that I've cast you twice and the reason I like what's kind of attracted me to you and I like working with you is because you're an actor that can get into the moment and you really do listen to your scene partner and you're you're living it at the time that like the camera's rolling so you know that's always what i'm looking for in an actor and you like you do that consistently and i can even hear in how you break down a script and how you talk about acting it just kind of reinforces what i've always seen in you and so i think you like that's that to me is what acting is and so keep going with that yeah yeah it's all it's all uh, the preparation and the surrender which is taken you know takes you a long time to fully you know you want to control it and i think i've always had an amount of talent but when you're younger you, you know you're in your head you're trying to control you're trying to create these moments and you know it's it's a lifelong struggle i think but of, of learning that surrender and the free fall of trusting mm-hmm. your partner and, and going at it so it's super fun. yeah there's a lot of similarities between what you just said there and directing and and writing for sure mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting how all these things overlap with each other oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah the other thing i wanted to say too is you really make it your own and whatever whatever you're doing in a in a scene or in a role like you just kind of put your own energy into it and it's not like when you're trying to jump over a fence and load a gun that you're doing it the way that we talked about doing it like you you do it the way that you would do it if you were to do it i th- i think cuz it just felt really natural you know Mm -hmm. and all those those areas and that true for over my dead body and for the work i saw from spirit machine so i just feel like that seems to be what makes the most sense for like good acting is just making it your own thing yeah i I think definitely and um it's always it always has to be a version of yourself or you're always in there there's no because you're the only human that you have to truly relate to and understand so i think you know you first step in with yourself and then you make you know, you adapt to somebody else's circumstances or past history, but you know, it's always an extension of yourself. Even, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, like it's always him, even though he transforms or, you know, has different mannerisms and embodies, you know, his physicality differently. Like you can, it's always him. Yeah, you know, right. He, there's no way to truly disappear and we wouldn't want 
him too because part of the reason we want to watch him over and over is because it is him. Right, and he brings his unique set of experience and life to each role that he does. Yeah. And and taps into a lot of times taps into the darkness inside mm-hmm. of himself. Yeah, definitely. So, Auric, do you want to do the final five? Uh, yeah, but I have one more question before okay. we get there, if we have time. Um, and this goes back to the script sort of thing. So when you're talking about um, preparing based on the script that you received, what are things that uh, really like bug you in a script that really make it harder for you to do your job? Hmm. You know, if there's... I don't mind it a little bit, um, but maybe if there's too many like directions of of how the actor plays it like all like every sentence there's a word that's italicized or there's like a little um you know parentheses of like right. angry uh. or excited like like leave that up to the actor a little bit okay um okay. I, I really sometimes it's it's important and even in my scripts i write like every once in a while there's you know a word or two that you italicize because you need to make sure that that one's hit but um and like and and, and and just like there's some scripts that you'll get and there's it's almost like acting directions in 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 the, in the stage action. directions and it's just like uh, you, trust us like let us come up with that and you know okay. or direct us in the moment leave that to the director to decide how he's going to do that um and and i get it that the instinct to do that as a writer is you know they want to make sure that their idea is like seen they're represented accurately but you also have to let it go a little bit um, right. Trust. Well, I, I kind of feel like sometimes you just need to get um, what's happening in the scene across, you know, as yeah, far as totally. the actors moving or the characters going around in a different scene. And, and even the way that they are doing something, I think, sometimes helps for the reader, you know. So I think that that happens. But you're right. I think there's a, a fine line between something that's really important for the reader to understand the story and, you know, just going crazy with uh, direction you and, know. and then when uh one character uses the other character's name too much because <laughs> that doesn't uh, happen in real life like right you know i rarely call my boyfriend by his name you know you, right. you just yes, talk Karina. to each other but it's not yep. yeah uh-huh. yes timothy um it, do, it doesn't happen that often and when it does it's usually for a specific reason um and so that's that's something that i find in in scripts that bothers yeah. me a little bit when, yeah. And sometimes I just ask if I can delete, like delete a few names. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good tips. I, I don't know if I have the name problem, but I think I have the direction over directing problem in my script now. So I'm rewriting. So I'm going to go in and well, especially, take that out. Yeah. And if, and if you're going to direct it, you know, so it's good to write out, but you already know like what you are going to. Yeah. Strip it all out do, before so you give you, it to actors. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, a little bit's fine, and sometimes it's necessary. Okay, so should we go to our final five questions, or do you have anything else, Timothy? Yeah, I'd say one more thing before we go on to the final five. There's a book that I really like about breaking down scripts um, in, to help with performances, uh-huh. and I'm guessing it's a lot of it's very similar to like what the actors do, but this one's specifically for directors, and it's called 
directing actors by Judith Weston. Hmm. And it talks all about like the stuff that you said, Karina, like finding evidence about who these characters are. Um, talks a little bit about like, do you believe a character? Or do you think that they're lying? And hmm. how to like create action verbs for each line, all that stuff. And I'm, I've always go back to this book because I feel like it's such a, a helpful way to like break down a script for directing and um and and then it helps with talking to actors too hmm. all right do you have a acting or directing book that you want to yeah. recommend you know i i read like the director's masterclass um book which is like a uh you know collection of essays by directors um about directing but uh yeah it's not specifically about acting i just for my acting teach directing actors like I, I don't even know what I use as my base I think <laughs> Your I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah I just sort of figure it yeah. out I mean I've, I've, I've sort of figured out how I like to talk to actors um, through the different projects I've done and you know talking to other directors and you know and now I have like kind of a, of a good background, but I never read one book or anything that, you know, informed how I like to talk. It just, yeah. you know, stories and, you know, just kind of common sense. And then also just, you know, go doing what's worked in the yeah, past. Experience. You know? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And how about you, Karina? Is there any books that you can recommend people check out if they want to learn more about this? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about Classes. that. What? <laughs> Yeah, or just, just just do it, you know. Just, yeah. just do it. Um or or take an acting class. I think that every director could benefit from taking an acting yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Alric and I have acted before, so I think that helps. Yeah. I think it helps to know like what it's like to be and, an actor. Yeah, one thing, like I don't I don't mind when directors like hint at a line read or like, you know, give give the inferences that they're looking for, but then let you open, but when a director like tries to give you a line read that can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so funny because I've heard other actors say that they like it, um, you know, but yeah, I always feel like that's something I, I try not to do. It, it depends. It, we're, and it honestly depends on the director. And Timothy, I think like maybe you've even done it sometimes. Sure. But it, it's, I've never, done, yeah. it's never bothered me because okay. I don't think that when I when I hear you do it, I don't think, I don't get the impression that you're saying sound exactly like me. You're giving more like the intent and... Um, Kind of when I do it, I'm it. doing it usually for myself because I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm trying yeah. to say. And I like yeah. if I don't have the word, then I'm like, I'll act it out in out loud so I can be like, what is it I'm trying to do here? Mm -hmm. And then, oh, okay, what it is is like this. I'm trying to emphasize this word yeah. thing, you know, some, something along those lines. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. That's actually super helpful. Um, honestly, it may be anything. I've had it from more like acting teachers who are actors themselves and like want you to mm. say it a certain way or something. Um, yeah. All right, so final five questions. Okay. The idea here is to come up with you know short answers to all of these. Okay. One or two sentences is kind of what we're looking for. Okay. So the first one, and this this applies probably mostly to uh, the writing process and a film turning, a, a film coming out of something that you've written. So in this, in the case of Thirsty Girl, David Fincher says that you're doing pretty good if you can get seventy percent of what you want on a film. Do you hmm. agree? As in terms, of, wait, uh, uh, seventy percent of your vision, like what you imagine. So as, the film as like would the writer be. producer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be pretty great because, <laughs> yeah, it's never going to be exactly how you imagined it, for sure. So I, I agree with Mr. Fincher. What what percentage do you think 
you got from Thirsty Girl? <sighs> you know what? I I think I'd like to think that I'm in the 70s. Um, there's things I would have liked to do differently and reshoot, but for for that project, I th- yeah, I think 72% is there. Right. Okay. Nice. Imagine. 72. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe higher. Adventure. I don't know. I, I haven't, I've yet to see on the big screen. So we'll, yeah. maybe that'll change when oh, I yeah. awesome. share it with people. But yeah, there, there's things I would do differently. But overall, I'm really proud of like the first thing that I've tried to write, produce myself. That's awesome. All right. Question number two. What's the thing you struggle with the most as uh, a filmmaker or an actor? As an actor, opportunities to get in the room um because i don't i've done a lot of indies and a lot of plays but i don't have that recognizable like super recognizable credit that everyone wants and so i know that i've been really close a few times and then goes to somebody with bigger credits and so it's it's that catch-22 of like well how do i get a credit if i don't have a credit um and it, and it was difficult getting good representation because how do you get good representation if you don't have a good credit and you can't get a good credit without representation. So, um, you know, get, getting closer to that. But I, it's, it's something that me and a lot of my really, really talented actor friends struggle with is, if, you know, is, is getting the opportunity. And, and now it's a whole new wave of um, if you don't have, you know, 500,000 YouTube, uh, YouTube or Instagram followers, which, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just a, just older than that generation of, of people going about it that way. And so I've literally been to auditions where like clearly from the reactions, I'm like the best thing they've seen all day, but then they ask how many Instagram followers I have. And then you can see their faces drop and they're not going to cast me because <laughs> no, of it. And I'm like, that's no, not where yeah. my focus is. What do they need? They want like 50,000 plus or something? I don't or what even are they know. For? Like, but you know, I'm like, I have my friends. I'm like, it's, it's just they not something. I want some built in audience. What? They want, they want a built-in audience. They want a built-in audience for mm-hmm. sure. And I get it. And like, that's the kind of time we're living in right now. But it's, I struggle with that because I've always been like, if you do your work and you train and you work really hard and now it's like, wait, this 20 year old has, you know, 500,000 followers because they posted bikini pictures and they're very attractive and they're going to get the part over me. And they have never had training. And that's just kind of where <laughs> wow. it's at right now. But I, you know, it's, it's, it's a balance and that's not how all of it is. And I, I think it'll balance out and there will always be the need for, you know, talented train actors. So. so number three, if you could travel back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh God. <laughs> um, hmm. Oh gosh. Um, I, I uh, start creating your own work earlier. Nice. Awesome. And and, uh, and and hang in there. You're doing you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. Hang in there. I love that. Oh, I love it. That's great. Um, question four. Do you have a goal as an actor? Yeah, I have many goals, but um, to uh, to be working, you know, to to be able to quit my survival job and and be working and be work with directors that I want to work with, and um, not always have to just struggle so much in in getting the audition and getting the part, like like having um, not fame but recognition for being a talented working actor. Um, that is an asset because so say like my friend wants to produce a movie and i want to be in it but like 
will I be valuable enough to be in it because I'm not a name? And so it's like, well, I want to be able to work on the projects I want to and, 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 and thought of as valued in this industry. And that's something I struggle with is right now I'm, you know, to smaller indies I am, but to something that needs money or like a, a return, like I'm not valuable. Um, if you, if you're cold and blunt about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. We're all in that same boat right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, direct is like, no one's going to put me on their pitch book for a director job. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're, we're all a bunch of zeros. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll get there guys. Yeah. So the last one, and I want to hear this purely from an actor's point of view is making movies hard. Oh my God. It's so hard. Even for an actor. Oh, it's so hard. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's so fun, right? It's, oh yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. the best, but it's it's so hard. Obviously, you know. Okay, so I'm purely as an actor. Like even just getting to the point where you get to be on set is so hard. The struggle, the fight, the competition, the fierceness that you have to do before even getting the chance to be on set, and then the the waiting around. Like you're you've done all this preparation, and you show up on set, and then it, you're not used for six hours. And then you get called up <laughs> and the moment and then they're like, okay, you've been waiting six hours. Okay, now go deliver now, right now. You have 30 seconds, go. <laughs> um, oh, so man. yeah, it's, it's super hard, <laughs> but it's also, it's also the best. Wow. Amazing. I love it. Um, all right. Any final things? Oh, wait, Karina, where can people find you? Do you have a website that, yeah. um, or Instagram, um, Facebook? Twitter, all that stuff. <laughs> Let's get you some Instagram yeah, yeah, can you followers. Guys follow me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, my my website is karinawolf.com, um, K A R I N A, and then wolf with the e dot com, and then I think my I think my Instagram is at Karina Love Wolf. Love is my middle name, and yeah. Oh, cool. Um, one real quick thing, because I saw it, um, you you asked in like the prep of something you might talk about is what's the strangest thing a director's ever asked you to do. Oh, yes. Uh -huh, and I just yeah. think it relates because how much preparation we talked about, how Timothy gave me for that scream. And this project that I did, I had so much fun. I loved doing it. But um, they, it was a period Western, which I've done several of those. And re like, you know, in the script, I end up like getting this fight with my lover and then he ends up like dousing me in alcohol and then lighting a match and setting me on fire. And so I got to set and I'm curious, like, what, how is this going to happen? Like, this is a pretty big deal. And so we do the whole scene and we're like, again, I, I had to wait for like six, seven hours um, while I was, before I was called to set when I was, you know, from my, from my call time. And then we did it and we're barely running out and barely have sunlight left. Like it is the last part of the day. And so I was like, okay, I guess we're not, are we not doing that part? And so I finished my scene and like it went really well. I was super excited. And I see all the directors and producers and writers like huddled up and then they turn to me and they're like, okay, well, so we have to, we have to set you on fire, but we didn't get, a, we couldn't get a fire license. And so we need you to just flail around like you're burning alive uh, in like <laughs> two minutes. Are you ready to go? And wow. I had no idea this was happening and it was literally 30 people on set and I just had to pretend that I was on fire burning alive without anything wow. there and i mean and they were all so like great and supportive and like they knew they were asking a lot of me and they're very respectful <laughs> afterwards but it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life and did it turn out well it did you, you know the cgi because they had a cgi the flames in yeah. um so i think yeah, that they didn't actually put you on fire 
No, 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 no. Um, so, you know, the flames the flames don't look like the most real. Um, so I think it's the, the scene leading up to it is much stronger. But for overall, like, I think it, it turned out pretty well. And I think it looks believable that I'm burning a fire. They had me go in later with ADR and, like, um, do more screams over it and add to the to the audio of it but yeah it was it was super vulnerable so you don't know how appreciative i am of the preparation you took on that one scream well you would would have thought that you know when you got there at your call time that the director would have taken three five minutes and talked to you about your scene and be like well we're gonna it's gonna be a long time we have a lot of other stuff to do but we didn't get fire blah 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 but you'll have to do it like you know mime it so you know i think it was i think it was yeah i think it was honestly like they didn't even know how we were going to do it. And oh, then it was, really? I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how it worked <laughs> out because he did talk me, to me about my scene and like I felt very, I felt very supportive. And it was a great group of people. But I think they were like, oh, we are out of daylight and we need this or it's not going to work. Huh. Um, Interesting. So I think it was kind of a... Uh, final moment solve but it was yeah. definitely put me put me on the line and was extremely vulnerable but wow. it was also a rush you know got done with it and like okay that was one of the craziest things i've ever been asked to do and i i got through yeah. it um, <laughs> wow but, crazy awesome good story yeah totally everyone um, out there prepare. <laughs> prepare always prepare you could be asked always to pretend you're burning prepared. alive at any moment yeah <laughs> and inform your actors if at all possible yes. I feel like that seems <laughs> nice that would have been nice um, <laughs> all right well everyone go check out karina's work follow her hire her bring her on auditions she's amazing fantastic she's we highly recommend her absolutely oh, thanks guys um and yeah thanks for everyone for listening uh, if you like the show tell your friends about it or leave a rating for the podcast on itunes or stitcher and if you want to get in contact with us you can send us an email to podcast at mickeymoviesishard.com or find us on twitter and facebook at mmih podcast you can also visit our website at mickeymoviesishard.com where you can find links to the things we talked about on this episode including all the movies karina's been in her reel her website all that stuff and yeah, thanks so much. Oh, wait, the one other thing too. Um, you know, if you haven't joined yet, you should check out our Facebook community page, um, Indie Filmmaker Community. Is that what it's called, Timothy? Yeah, Indie Filmmakers Community. Right. Um, and then you can start discussions there, um, you know, ask questions, whatever, just, you know, interact with the community. I think it's been really great. Like we've been seeing some pretty cool questions and pretty cool discussions forming on there. Um, thank you so much, Karina. Yeah, um, thank thanks, you. Karina. Yeah, it was a really great conversation. I think people are really going to dig hearing some more in-depth, um, you know, stories of, you know, your process as an actor because, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, cool. it is. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone have a good week. Bye. Bye.